This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Hi, this is Toby Cavalli-Buck of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Welcome to Paul Bunyan Country. Checking in with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. Matt, welcome back to the show. Well, I tell you what, it has... Uh, it has been pretty darn cold. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. And, uh, but we, we didn't ease into it. It, it went from like a warm, warm winter, like the warmest I can never remember, to like the coldest day I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it, it happened fast. Oh, man. It, it did indeed. Um, well, the... Um, the winter is here, unquestionably. We've had so many stories. In fact, just another one just this past weekend of people getting stranded, people going through the ice, all of that. I think we're going to get to the point where that might hopefully be a thing of the past. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, we'll have to see, you know, how, how the ice does form. Um, you know, we some of the smaller lakes and stuff, and even some of the bigger lakes, we, we have had a pretty good sheet of ice but uh but it's really been kind of inconsistent um you know it's it's not like it formed perfectly and and grew at the exact same rate so um bemidji is a great example so we tested it um this past week um trying to hopefully get a rental house out because we had we've already had to cancel so many bookings um you know, usually we start like the weekend after Christmas or right around New Year's. And so we've already lost a few weeks uh, of business and we've been checking the ice and we had like 10 and a half, 11 inches on the south end of the lake. And there was only like five and a half, six on the north end. So it's it's really inconsistent and people have to be aware of that and be smart. And we've mostly been walking and, and taking snowmobile. Uh, you know, it's been pretty safe for those two right. options, but... There's no way you'd catch me uh, uh, driving a truck out. Well, maybe today. I, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I'd imagine the ice is uh, is really, really forming today. We'll find out uh, after work. But have I don't remember a winter like this. Do you? No, nope. I no. <laughs> Not only in my years of guiding, in my years of life, I don't remember a winter <laughs> this weird. So I don't either. I. I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, it seems to me, I don't know, I feel like winter has been coming later and later and later, and spring's been coming later and later and later, too. So maybe we need, like, uh, uh, my theory is we need a daylight savings month. We just got to go back and do a month over and get back on track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does that mean we get, like, don't have to work that month? That seems I'm, reasonable to I'm me. In. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on with you. Um, I know you hunt for just about everything that's huntable. So how have your hunting seasons been and what all have you been hunting for? Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. Um, I think we haven't talked since maybe like grouse season um, or before at the beginning of deer season maybe. But yeah, um, grouse season was going really well. and I know I've already told a sob story about about uh, a dog in the past, but we we lost another pooch during um, during grouse season, so that kind of halted things for me. I 
I just didn't want to go anymore and didn't really want to do much of anything actually, but, no. uh, but growth season kind of ended there for me. Um, but it was really good up until we lost the dog. Um, so for people who did get out grouse hunting, hopefully they had a great year because the bird numbers were fantastic and, and we got this long extended season. So it was kind of a bummer to not keep trudging through it, but, uh, just didn't didn't feel right mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of people we talked to who hunted well into um the end of the season and even my boy went out with buddies a couple times late season and they did well um you know usually if you go around christmas or or you know the end of the year towards those last couple of days of the season uh, it's always tradition we usually go and uh my son kept the tradition alive and went and usually, you know, we flush maybe a bird or two, and I think they they saw like six or eight um, in just a couple hour hunt. So bird numbers are really good. Um, deer season was a typical deer season for me. Just didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't shoot the first deer I saw. I actually, I had a really nice buck um, that I was kind of after, and my son ended up harvesting like a 130 inch deer or one of the biggest that anybody in our family has shot. And, um, and the very next day I actually had a crack at, at the deer that I had been chasing and we still had a deer hanging and I'm like, ah, maybe I'll just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, uh, it was kind of a split second decision. I only had a shot for, for a split second and I'm like I'll wait and if you would have came any closer I probably would have taken him but did not and that would have been my biggest year ever really Um, wow yep and I was like kind of kicking myself for a couple days and then all of a sudden I got a call and was asked to go to Texas on like a trophy whitetail hunt and I know I've talked about it on the show in the past I've never shot a big deer um like my biggest buck is tiny compared to most people. Right. And I uh, went to Texas and kind of checked that off the list, shot a deer bigger than anything I'll probably ever see in Minnesota. So, um, so that was really good and fun. And it was like a perfect getaway. Um, you know, it wasn't exactly cold here in Minnesota, so it wasn't like an escape to warmer weather, but, but it was really nice weather and, and saw some just incredible deer and was able to harvest a really nice one. And early ice was good. Had Mitchell up here and uh, filmed an episode. And uh, that was kind of fun. Took him uh, to see Paul and Babe (laughs) and ate at a local eatery and kind of showed him some of uh, what Bemidji is all about. That was really fun. And uh, panfish bite was good early ice and things were looking pretty good. And then, yeah, it just stayed warm, and and then the season kind of, kind of got thrown into a halt. Uh, had a guide trip dabbled, uh, dipped in here and there, but but otherwise we had people canceling because of sure. you know hearing people he- hear all the horror stories <laughs> about Red Lake and they think Red Lake's north of Bemidji, so Bemidji <laughs> ice can't be that great. <laughs> and uh, you know we can only do so much to convince them that you know it's a separate animal like red lakes a giant lake <laughs> and we're going to guide you on something small and safe but uh yeah, but yeah it was uh it's been weird but every time we've been out 
it's been pretty decent. We've been catching some fish, so, so okay. it's good. What are you throwing down the hole to get those fish? Um, like I said, mostly panfish is mostly what I've been chasing. Okay. Um, the boy has been chasing walleyes a lot, and and he's been doing pretty good. But we've been using bigger baits. So, like, uh, when we filmed with Mitchell and then a couple other times that we went out after that, we've been using, uh, like, uh, bigger spoons for copies and bluegills. Um, the clam pro tackle pinhead has been kind of our go-to. And then uh, Tika Flash, which is, like, uh, it almost looks like a small swim bait with like a flapper blade and, and a treble hook it, that's been working awesome. Um, and Tate's been kind of just using larger sizes of those two baits for walleyes and he's been having success with that. So yeah, big, bigger baits. Um, I don't, I don't think I've bought bait yet this year. Uh-huh. I haven't bought waxworms or urolarva or minnows. I've, I've just been using uh, these spoons and, and flash baits uh, with no bait so far so okay um talk to me a little bit about uh your upcoming favorite season um you're in eel powder so when are we going to start seeing that action pick up it's usually in february march right yeah that's when it gets really good um usually this time of year we've already been out maybe a time or two um because you can still pick up you know one maybe three um but we just can't get to those areas yet. So, mm-hmm. um, so haven't been able to scratch that itch at all, but, <laughs> but I think, uh, once we can get there, it should be pretty good. Um, most of the stuff's going to be unpressured and the walleye should be, should be going pretty good in those areas as well. Um, so yeah, that, that season isn't far away and hopefully, hopefully this cold spell, um, gives us a nice, uh, nice coating of ice and a uh, nice ice growth. So that we can get there. So um, I know as a eel powder, you probably keep tabs on this. Uh, it has been declared a, a sport fish. I think we've talked about that in the past, but I have yeah. not heard anything about any uh, plans as far as a, a length of season, uh, if there's going to be a limit. Have you heard anything le- about that? Everything I've heard has been just kind of like hearsay, rumor mill type stuff. Um, I know there was talk about like, uh, 10 fish limit and there were other people kind of pushing for like a five fish limit and but i haven't heard anything concrete i have no idea what they're going to do with it as far as season and limits um like i said everything i hear is just kind of chatter i guess um but any anything is better than (laughs) than unlimited trash fish um so them declaring it a sport fish is is step one and then now we just move toward good healthy regulations so well as a guy who knows as much about the outdoors and both biologically and politically and, and just keeps tapping these things you're the guy so i'm gonna i'm gonna crown you king matt for a day and you can make any regulations you think are right for eel power what would you do Oof. um oh this is a tough one <laughs> it's not even a fast five I think uh I think anywhere from like three to, uh, three to five fish limit is is sufficient um and that doesn't mean people aren't gonna go back day after day and hammer them um but but the days of like 
catching 50 during spawn. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get a big group of guys and you're all out having fun and you stay out till two in the morning and you just keep putting them on the ice and putting them on the ice. Um, those, those days I think need to be gone. Um, I think once you, you know, once you reach your limit, it's time to go home. Um, and if you are looking for a big one, you just go out and you play catch and release. Um, you know, they release really well, um, even out of deep water. So it's one of those fish you, if you don't want to eat a bunch, then just go out and tinker with them and they're going to release just fine and still be able to do their thing. Um, they're a really good fish to have in, in a lake and, you know, they, they show a healthy fishery. So, um, so leave them there and, and let them do their thing. And if you do want to eat some, then I think three is more than enough for like a family even, Hmm. um, like when, when I, I, I haven't kept a pout in a long time. Um, but when I used to keep some to eat, usually I would keep anywhere from like one to three a night and that would be plenty for me, my wife and two kids. Um, and three, I, I think we would have a pretty full belly depending on the size of the fish, <laughs> but that'd be like a whole meal. Um, and we were doing the boil, you know, like make them in lobster boil and dip them in butter and they fill you up pretty quick. So, um, so yeah, I would say either, uh, either a three fish limit or, um, or even kind of shutting down, maybe only catch and release during spawn. But that's tough too, because spawn can be semi unpredictable. It could happen anywhere from, you know, mid February all the way through mid March. So you just never know where that's going to land. Okay. Um, do you feel there's a need for a calendar season or are they just a fish that only bites at a certain time of year anyway? Yeah. I mean, you can catch them in the spring and summer and, and in the fall, but the likelihood just isn't that great. And you're not going to find them in really gigantic numbers. Um, aside from maybe in the spring, um, you know, you can get into some pretty good bites post spawn, like open water. Um, I've caught really good numbers of them on just kind of random days and uh they were kind of an afterthought you know like pout season is over we did that during ice fishing (laughs) it wasn't really a big deal um so yeah i mean winter is when they're going they're most active during cold weather and uh that's when they they start feeding heavily and they come up into shallower water so you start seeing a lot more of them and uh and yeah, I mean that that would be your season is from ice up to ice out. I'm Bill Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at becoming a fishing legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We are talking all things outdoors with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. 
taking a look at the overall picture of the outdoors. Let's start on the, on the water scene. I mean, again, you're, you're a guy who's observed it all, seen it all. Any concerns you have right now? Do you feel we got a ha- good handle on things in general? Yeah, I mean, you know, the zebra mussel concern is a, <laughs> it, it's it's still a concern, but it's kind of an afterthought, right? They're right. here, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it now. Um, so the zebra mussels, that's an issue. Um, I've really noticed a change in the weeds in a lot of the lakes. Um, and I don't know exactly what we can do about it, but, um, but places like, uh, some of the smaller lakes, like Big Turtle, Mobile, Three Island, Turtle River, you know, some of our smaller gems in the area, they're the shallower water is just getting choked out with a lot of different stuff. Like we don't just have classic cabbage and coontail anymore. We're starting to get like more dense sand grass and, and what we call like a skunk weed, the really smelly, um, thinner version of, of coontail weed. It, it just doesn't hold fish and it doesn't really serve any great purpose for, uh, for anything on the outdoors side. It's, it's more of a nuisance and it, it's starting to choke out some of these lakes. And I don't know, I don't know why I'm not a biologist, but, but we are noticing more and more of that. But, um, but otherwise, I mean, our lakes are still really healthy. Our populations are good. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of changes. Um, a lot of lakes are, have really changed over the last 20 years. Um, as far as species density and, um, you know, we have a lot of lakes where there's a lot more bass now and a lot less walleyes, um, mm-hmm. and the walleye size structure is uh, a lot lower than it used to be. Um, and these are things that I guess you just got to kind of adjust and adapt. How about on the other side, uh, in the in the outdoor realm, in the woods, uh, as far as hunting and, and uh, hunting species, um, are our populations good? You got any concerns there? Well, populations are good. It's the... Uh, the same old stuff, uh, <laughs> the same old concerns. Stop throwing your stuff in the woods. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's been a constant since I was a little kid. Like, why did someone throw their broken kitchen sink in the middle of, like, great grouse habitat? Like, we have a dump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so people just need to stop throwing their crap in the woods and, and be respectful. Like, if you drink a soda when you're taking a break in between hunting or if you're driving around, don't throw it out the window. Like, take it with you. Throw it in the garbage. I don't know uh, I don't know how hard it is for people to understand these things, but seemingly it's quite difficult. Uh, but that's the biggest change I think we need to make. Like, I, the amount of garbage I pick up in the woods on a, on a yearly basis is just astronomical and I would love to see that change. So, okay. but populations are great. Like I said, grouse populations were amazing this year. Um, deer, we saw no shortage of deer. We've got plenty of predators around. Rabbit populations good. Um, bears. I, I still think the state has grossly underestimated the amount of bears that we mm. have. Um, you know, being a bear guide, it, it's really hard when clients call and we tell them, 
you're going to have to wait four or five years to come hunt with us. And they're like, oh, is there just not that many bears? And we're like, well, we saw over 100 <laughs> on camera, so there's plenty of them around, and just the tags aren't there. So um, I'd really like to see a change in that, but uh, but I don't control any of that either. So. <laughs> no. Um, I have heard in the deer hunting realm primarily, and not I don't know about this Bemidji area specifically, but there is concern about the number of wolves out there, and they feel like driving the deer away. Um, your thoughts on that? Sure. So I'll give my two unpopular opinions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we'll go into the hot topics. So, okay. Um, so I used to do a lot of trapping, and I still do a lot of predator hunting. And, you know, and I'm out and about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely wolves around. There have been wolves around since I was a kid, you know, growing up and hunting in the, like, Roseau, Grigla, Middle River area. There were always wolves, but there were always deer as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always hear the, and like I said, this is going to be very unpopular, but I always hear people say, like, there's just too many wolves. We're not seeing any deer. Um I, I just don't understand it because like I've accidentally caught wolves around our property and we have tons of deer. So yes, the wolves will push them around and yeah, they can impact the deer herd for sure. But, uh, but they definitely cohabitate. I mean, one, one, two, three wolves are not going to shift 400 deer. Right. Um, so Yes, it, it can in, impact your numbers for sure, especially if there's, you know, several large packs around, but um, but it just doesn't have the impact that I hear from, from hunters uh, quite often. So can it be impactful and can it turn your deer hunting a little bit negative? Yes. <laughs> um, does it make deer completely disappear? Like, like they don't start flying. Uh, and they you know they don't hop in their car and move to a different state they're still there Um, so there's that and then the other thing that I hear all the time is um, I hear from grouse hunters that turkeys are like raiding grouse nests and killing uh, like I've even heard people say that they break open the eggs and eat the yolks and it just isn't true. <laughs> so, uh, and I think it's just people having a hard time adjusting to the new stuff. You know, like we're seeing a lot more turkeys in this area now. And if you go out grouse hunting and you see less grouse than you did the year before, but you saw a bunch of turkeys, you, you got to blame something. So it's very easy to blame the turkeys, but, um, where grouse nest, um, is not habitat that, um, that turkeys like to inhabit. You know, turkeys don't like to be in really dense, thick, low ground. Um, so it's it's completely separate. So those are the two misconceptions that I that I hear a lot of. And yes, there can be impact and overlay on both subjects, but uh, but not enough to where um, it's going to make your season misery by any means. So um, again, uh, these are changes and things you need to adapt to and. I personally don't mind seeing a wolf here and there, like calling one in 
and watching it is pretty cool. Um, releasing one from a trap that's accidentally caught is kind of cool, but pretty scary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can but, see uh, that. But I love having turkeys around, and, and I know that they're not impacting grouse because our numbers aren't changing. Um, the amount of grouse we harvest in a season or average uh, amount of flushes per hunt is pretty pretty consistent with uh, with the cycles and the drumming counts and, and pretty consistent with uh, most years that we've had. So, so I think I think the balance in the woods is is pretty decent. So you, I know you keep up with all hunting seasons. I don't. So is there actually any hunting seasons going on right now? Predators. Okay. Like if, if you're hunting, like bobcat season just ended, which was sad because uh, we only take got out one time. I didn't get get out a single time, um, and and we we did cut a lot of cat tracks, so it would have been fun to get out, but just didn't have time, and the weather wasn't really <laughs> conducive. Um, but if if you're into hunting coyotes and fox, like now is your time to shine. It's the next the next full moon toward the end of the month here, it should be really, really good. There's a lot of predators around. So Now, um, you mentioned that you had been trapped, you'd been a trapper. You're not any longer, um, why aren't you trapping anymore? Just don't have time. Okay. It's, it's so time consuming to run a trap line. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, you know, I had, I, I had my best friend and we shared the line. So, there would be days where he couldn't check that I could and, you know, and days I couldn't that he would. And, um, and then he moved to Tennessee. So not having him here made it really difficult. And, and me and the kids typically used to run like our beaver line together and trap beavers. Um, and we used to trap weasels and stuff like that. And, uh, the kids are so busy, um, you know, school and, after school activities and friends and they're getting older. And so that's not, uh, not as easy to do either. So just kind of on the back burner, I, I didn't sell my traps or anything. And okay. still plan to do it. I just haven't had the time. So, All right. Well, do you have time for a quick fast five? Sure. All right, here we go. Matt Brewer, fast five. Three. Five. Fast five. Question number one. They used to have the old uh, TV commercial that said, got milk? So my question for you is, you got milk? Are you a milk drinker? I'm not. Not? <laughs> no, not because I don't enjoy it. Um, I definitely have some sort of lactose intolerance that causes the stomach issues. But I, I enjoy milk <laughs> and ice cream. I just don't indulge. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. Yeah, nothing better than a cold glass of chocolate milk. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Question number two. It's the backyard barbecue. You're uh, hanging out with friends. Uh, The grill's going, but you have to choose one or the other. Is it going to be a burger or is it going to be a brat? It's going to be a brat. It's going to be a brat. Okay. It's going to be a brat. If you would have said hot dog, I would have have (laughs) went for the the, the burger, but... uh, but I'll, I'll take a brat every time. Yeah. Any particular brat you like? <sighs> Any and all. <laughs> all right. And, and what do you cheddar, throw? What's that? Cheddar wild rice. That's a good would one. Would probably be like a, a really good pick for, for a brat for me. What do you throw on top of it? I do ketchup and mustard. 
Mm-hmm. Mustard is mandatory. <laughs> like I with hot dogs and broth. Sure. I, I will argue that to the death. You have to have mustard. I, I'm with you. Everybody disagrees with me, but. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Do Do you throw a crouton or anything like that? Um, I I will. I'm not opposed to it. Crouch <laughs> or rel- or relish, if it's available. Yeah. Opposed to it. Uh, question number three. First of all, are are you old enough to remember Gilligan's Island? Of course. Okay, you grew up Wait. on Gilligan. What's that? I just aged myself. I okay. just aged myself so I know. hard. Like, of course. I, well, I could have said, yeah, yeah. Baby. No, I'm, I'm glad because that makes me feel less old. All right. Uh, here's question number three. Ginger or Marianne? Ginger. Oh, really? I already, I already knew this question was coming when you brought up Gilligan's <laughs> Island. <but laughs> it's ginger every time. Okay. All right. I, I go for the farm girl. I don't know. All right. You can have her. <laughs> You know, Mary Ann will go hunting with you. Ginger will. <laughs> Depends on how much she likes me. <laughs> All right. Question number four in a non-outdoor-related sport. Is it going to be hockey or basketball for you? Hockey. All the way? Oh, yeah. That, that's the easiest fast five question you've ever asked. Me. Oh, okay. All right. Did, did you play the game? Yeah, I played. I was a goalie. Oh. I was born in Rose Oak, like. Oh, well, okay. I, I had skates before I had a name, I think. <laughs> Probably. Okay, I didn't know you were, I knew you were a Thief River guy. I didn't know you were born uh, actually up in Roseau. Yeah, born in Roseau and uh, graduated from Thief River Falls. But, yeah, I played played hockey all the way until, uh, basically until I got to college. So. Oh, all right. Well, finally, question number five. Um, if you were... Re- Required for the rest of your life to only hunt for one thing. That's all you can do is hunt for one thing. What would that one thing be? Grouse. Oh, really? Okay. Probably, probably grouse. If you if if you told me like the entire grouse species, then it'd be hundred percent. Then I could go after all the grouses, but otherwise, if it's just one species, probably rough grouse. See, I I thought it was going to be turkey. Uh, it's that I go back and forth all the time between turkey and grouse, but you know you can only shoot so many turkeys, right? Like if <laughs> I had to hunt one thing all the time, at least grouse, I can you know stock them up in the freezer and burn through them pretty quick. Okay. Turkey, turkey, that's an investment. <laughs> Freezer space. Good point. All right. Well, listen, if people want to get out on the ice now that it's getting thicker or uh, want to start booking for next spring already uh, or even a bear trip next year, the four years from now or whenever you're open, how do they go about doing that? Uh, Simply go to northcountryguides.com and we have all of our contact info and our social media. Everything's linked on the website. All right, he is Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service. Always great to have him on the show. So many things we get to talk about when Matt is here. Matt, thanks a lot, and uh, hope winter is a little more normal from here on out for you. <laughs> yeah, you too. We'll talk soon. Pop in country.